Blessings to you all this summer morning. May God open our eyes to see. May he open our ears to hear him and our hearts to receive him through his word. She woke up that morning and prepared to face yet another day, bent over, crippled in spirit and body. It was the Sabbath, but perhaps her heart wasn't really rejoicing. She decided, however, to hobble her way off to the synagogue anyway. Did she pray each Sabbath that God would heal her? We don't know. We're not told. All we know is somehow she got there to that place where Jesus was teaching. Luke sort of implies that she just appeared. So Jesus was teaching there. The leader of the synagogue was there too, and any number of others who were listening as Jesus taught. Jesus glanced over and saw the woman. He looked at the congregation and maybe particularly at the synagogue leader. He wanted to help this woman, but this was the Sabbath. He knew that he might cause an uproar if he healed her, so he pretended he didn't see her and kept on teaching. This was, after all, a great inconvenience. Teaching was very important. He had a lot of things to say and very limited time to teach. Well, obviously this didn't happen. But it made me think, what would I have done? When do I worry more about what people might think of me and fail to do the right thing? Have I turned my head to avoid looking at some homeless person? Am I afraid of stirring the pot? After all, I like to be kind and I might make other people feel uncomfortable. And I certainly don't want that to happen. Hmm, what would I have done? Well, I guess we better try this story again. She woke up that morning and prepared to face yet another day, bent over, crippled in spirit and body. It was the Sabbath, but perhaps her heart was not really rejoicing. She decided, however, to hobble off to the synagogue anyway. Jesus was there teaching. The synagogue leader was also there. He had worked very diligently to obtain his position. He had studied the Torah and all the writings and teachings that interpreted the Torah. It's quite possible that he actually loved the Sabbath. He remembered those words that he had learned as a child. And I was thinking of the words that I memorized as a child from the King James Version, which was the version we had at the time. Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Six days shalt thou labor and do all thine work. But the seventh is the Sabbath of the Lord thy God. In it you shall not do any work. For in six days the Lord made the heaven and earth, the seas and all that in them is, and rested on the seventh day. Wherefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and hallowed it. Synagogue leader would have been familiar, too, with the passage we had read from Isaiah. And it says about the Sabbath, If you refrain from trampling the Sabbath, from pursuing your own interests on my holy day, 
If you call the Sabbath a delight and the holy day of the Lord honorable, if you honor it not going your own ways, serving your own interests, or pursuing your own affairs, then you shall take delight in the Lord. Hmm. Two references to Sabbath and delight. Delight and Sabbath. Yet many of this leader's ancestors for centuries had misunderstood the Sabbath and had concentrated on defining work to make absolutely sure that nobody did anything that could be considered work on the Sabbath. But interestingly, in the same passage we heard read this morning from Isaiah, it talks about acts of mercy, offering food to the hungry, satisfying the needs of the afflicted, and all of this within the context of the Sabbath. How did that get lost over the years? What happened to delight? So there he was, the leader of the the synagogue, the enforcer of the rules, the protector of God's Sabbath. And probably he believed he was doing God's work. And so he watched as Jesus called the woman over and healed her, even touched her. He could feel his indignation rising. How dare this man do this on the Sabbath? But what he said was actually a little more peculiar. Maybe he didn't want to criticize Jesus directly. Maybe he didn't want to speak to this woman. So he kind of threw his comment out to the crowd. There are six days on which to work, on which work ought to be done. Come on those days and be cured, and not on the Sabbath day. Very strange indeed. But look closely at the passage. The woman had already been healed. She had been crippled, bent over for 18 long years, and she's now standing upright, praising God. He missed the miracle. He actually missed the miracle. This caused me to ponder. How often do we miss seeing what God is doing as our own judgmental, self-righteous sides kick in and we are busy defending some rule we have internalized? Now, rules, of course, are important. They allow us to function together as a society. But when one of our rules prevents us from caring for one another, maybe it's time for some reevaluation. This might be a place for what Jeremy said a few weeks ago, was he called theological hygiene. I think the message for me when I thought about this was, when I make a judgment, and we all make judgments, particularly an unkind one, and I think it's often recognizable because it contains an ought or a should. She ought to be doing such and such. He should do whatever. They should not be doing such and such. Then I hope that I'll pause and try to think about what rule I'm defending. And then, perhaps more importantly, is it actually true? So back to the story. 
She woke up that morning and prepared to face yet another day. Bent over, crippled in spirit and body, it was the Sabbath, but perhaps her heart was not rejoicing. She decided, however, to hobble off to the synagogue anyway. She saw Jesus there teaching. She was probably standing on the fringe with the other women when he spotted her and called her over. I don't know what was actually wrong with her. Luke attributes it to a spirit that had crippled her for 18 years. Perhaps this implies a spiritual or psychological problem. Maybe she had ankylosing spondylitis or severe osteoporosis. My medical mind, of course, goes here, but it doesn't actually matter to the story. She had spent much of her life staring at the ground, looking at a little piece of earth just in front of her feet. What a difficult way to go through life. Jesus both spoke to her and touched her. She neither asked for his help nor explained herself in any way. Actually, she's not recorded as saying anything at all to him. But she responded to his touch by standing up straight and praising God. And as I thought about this, I wondered, am I always willing to be healed by God? Sometimes maybe I just enjoy carrying my problems around a bit and trying to work them out myself. Am I looking at the ground so closely that I can't see him? So quagmired in the details of my life and so preoccupied that I can't hear him call? Do I notice the miraculous things that are going around me, always going around me? When I sense his healing touch in me or in others, am I filled with gratitude? Do I ever break out in joyful praise? Hmm. Well, one last go at this story. She woke up that morning and prepared to face yet another day. Bent over, crippled in spirit and body, it was the Sabbath but perhaps her heart was not really rejoicing. She decided, however, to hobble over to the synagogue anyway. Jesus was there teaching. The crowd was likely listening quite closely, either because they were enthralled with the teaching or maybe some of them wanted an opportunity to trip him up. He's in the middle of an important point, he sees this woman on the edge of the crowd. Perhaps he stops mid-sentence. Everyone looks around, trying to see what has caught his attention. He seems to be looking at some woman. But she is not some nameless face in the crowd. She is a daughter of Abraham. She has value. She is a child of God. So Jesus sees, and then he calls. There were a lot of other religious taboos that were breached by this encounter. She was a woman. She was crippled. He called her up to where he likely was, front and center in the synagogue. But Jesus was focused on this woman. He spoke to her. 
He touched her. He healed her in mind, spirit, and body. He knew very well that some in the crowd would be offended, but his love and care for this woman and the opportunity to free her from bondage was his sole concern. Well, maybe too, a little teaching moment snuck in there on the Sabbath. So here we have this little story, only seven short verses, sandwiched in between two long discourses about fig trees and mustard seeds and leaven, about repentance and the kingdom of God. I wondered if Luke put this in as a real-life example of the life, what life is like living in the kingdom of God. I don't think I really noticed this story before. Just another love versus legalism story, healing on the Sabbath story. But I don't think this anymore. There is this woman, healed, set free by the powerful love of God, willing to present herself to be touched by God, heeding the call of God and praising him for his goodness. There is this synagogue leader trying to abide by the rules he has learned, enslaved in his own way to the theology he has embraced, and missing what is right before his eyes, an honest-to-goodness miracle. And there is Jesus. He sees. He understands. He is not too busy, not otherwise preoccupied. He sees. He calls. He touches. He heals. He sets free from bondage. So I invite you today to find yourself in this story. Maybe in some ways we are all of these characters. We all have burdens and cares and need Jesus' healing touch. We all sit in judgment on one another from time to time. We all need periodic re-examination of the rules we live by, especially when they hold us or others in bondage. We need to have our eyes open to the miracles that are constantly happening around us. We are all in Christ called to see and respond to the needs of those around us, that we may be what Isaiah called in today's passage, repairers and restorers, bearers of God's blessing to one another. May God fill you with his delight this Sabbath. May he bless you richly as you live into and out of this story. Amen.